This is the Worth Recovery Podcast, featuring women and addiction. Welcome back to another episode of the Worth Recovery Podcast. My name is Amy. I am your host here. Um, I am a sex addict. I've been sober since December 2nd of 2012. Enough about me, though. Um, Let's talk about 2020, right? Like, I'm so glad to be saying goodbye to 2020 and hello to 2021. I'm sure, like many of you, 2020 had its share of difficulties and challenges. There were many things I learned A lot of really great things that happened in 2020, a lot of really great opportunities, and also equally great disasters, and equally great struggles, and equally great challenges. Um, I don't know about you, but I spent the better part of that year, at least the early part of the year, saying to myself, what the hell, Amy? I talk to myself in third person a lot, so that's uh, just kind of how I talk to myself. But it was was very real for me. What the hell? What the hell, Amy? I was struggling to podcast. I was struggling to start or to launch anything that was worth recovery related. I couldn't maintain what I did start. The few things that did get off the ground, I couldn't maintain that. And so those kind of crashed and burned. I made some really big goals. I announced them to all of you and online and I couldn't follow through. I definitely think that 2020 was the year of, I'm calling it the year of false starts for me. I started a lot of things, wanted to do a lot of things, wanted to get a lot of things done and just couldn't make it happen. Then later in the year in August, I had a family issue that pretty much shut me down completely. And for the last five months since August, I've been saying to myself nearly every day, what the hell, Amy? What the hell? Why can't you do this? Why can't you make this happen? This has been your passion and your dream and your goal, and you can't seem to make that happen. And now I find myself here at the beginning of 2021, and I want to restart. I want to launch, I want to podcast, I want to coach, I want to share, I want to love, I want to spend time with all of you again. And I'm scared. I'm going to put it all out here today because I believe 100% that I'm not the only one who has ever done this, um, who has ever felt this way. And because when I started this podcast, I committed to myself that I would be honest and vulnerable with you. That's the only way that I found sobriety. And I just feel like as a recovering addict, that's the only way I can really live my life. In fact, as I kind of contemplated this whole feeling of being scared and of wanting to restart, I realized that this is not the first time I have felt this way myself. My recovery story is full of false starts, big promises, commitments, broken commitments, over-promising to myself and others, and always it felt like under-delivering. Always it felt like I was under-delivering. How many times did I say to myself, never again, I'm never going to do this again. 
How many times did I move or change jobs or break up thinking that that would end these problems that I was struggling with? How many times did I confess all to a higher power or to a church leader looking for help? How many times did I start therapy looking for help? And how many times did I say, what the hell, Amy, when I acted out again and again and again? Shame and guilt definitely kept me trapped in this never-ending addiction cycle. Over and over, I'd start and stop, start and stop, start and stop. I remember when things started to change for me, like really change, not just like little attempts at changing, right, or outside changes, but when real change started in my life, it was when a therapist, my therapist said to me one day something like, I, Amy, I can totally see why you made that choice. That makes sense to me. I was explaining something stupid that I had done. <laughs> it was, I don't remember it exactly, but I remember it was some detail of an acting out behavior. And for some reason, unknown reason to me at the time, it made sense to him. It didn't make sense to me at all, but he was a professional and he was telling me that it made sense. I trusted him. So I started questioning myself and the shame and the guilt that I was feeling over this behavior. Maybe what I was doing actually made sense. Maybe there was some bigger reason or bigger story or bigger purpose going on here. In fact, a few sessions later, he said something to me like, Amy, maybe, maybe you need a little more self-compassion. He tentatively said that to me because I don't usually respond well to things like that. And I was like, do you know what I've done in my life? And, and the thing was, he did, he did know, he did know what I had done. In fact, he knew all of it. He knew every, pretty much every detail. And he was telling me that he could make sense of it. Not only could he make sense of it, he was also saying that I deserved some compassion, not just from him, but from myself. And that was a turning point for me. Those few sessions that we had talking about self-compassion and self-love and how I need to be able to extend that to myself in order to heal, in order to get through the shame and the guilt that I was feeling. And it started me on a deeper journey a journey of digging deeper, of breaking up with shame and guilt, of learning to say, of course, that was the choice that I made. But now I know better and I know different. And so I can make different choices. And that journey led me to celebrate eight years of sobriety last month. Can you believe it? Eight years. I can't even believe it. December 2nd, 2020 was my eight year sobriety um, celebration, eight year sobriety birthday. And I'm pretty pretty proud of that. And reflecting on that in December led me to realize I somehow had started dating guilt and shame again, right? Like we were in a relationship before and we broke up and all of a sudden I had started dating that again. Sometime last year, it had become part of my life again and it has been bad, um, really bad, I'll say. And saying what the hell hasn't really been working. What the hell, Amy? Why can't you make this happen? That really hasn't been working. In fact, it's been a quandary for me for a while to try to figure out because one of the first things I talk to um, when I talk to my coaching clients or my therapy clients, one of the first things I talk to them about is about this issue. 
Typically, when I start with a new coaching client or a new therapy client, there's a lot of shame and there's a lot of guilt around what's going on in their life. And one of the very first things we talk about is the effect and the impact that this shame and this guilt has been having on them. And I ask them to do something different. I ask them to love themselves through this process instead of shaming themselves through the process. And maybe that's something that you're familiar with is shaming yourself through the process because I think we've all done that. We've probably all been doing that actually for years. And where has it gotten you? Where has shaming yourself through the process gotten you? Because it didn't get me anywhere. At least it didn't get me anywhere good or anywhere I really wanted to be. Um, I would say it took me a lot of places, just not anywhere I actually wanted to go. But I definitely am aware of that process of shaming myself through the process or trying to shame myself into change. But it doesn't work. It has never worked for me. It wasn't until that little switch and learning to have some self-compassion for myself with my therapist, my very first um, addiction recovery therapist, that I actually started to make some changes. And so a few weeks ago, I stopped saying mean and defleeting things to myself and about all the false starts that I had made and about all the failed plans of 2020, because there's a lot of them that crashed and burned and went up in flames. Instead, I started asking myself different questions. Before I go there, I feel like I owe an apology. So I want to say I'm sorry. I'm sorry for the lapse of podcasting. I'm sorry for the promises that I made and couldn't keep. I'm sorry that I promised you more women's stories and then I didn't deliver. I'm sorry if your email or your phone call or your messages or your texts went unanswered. While you, my friends, are always daily in my thoughts and my prayers, I have been going through some things that prevented my actions from being congruent to who I wanted to be. And just like with addiction, where my actions and values didn't align, in this area of my life, things haven't started to shift until I started to find some self-compassion. I had to dig deep into my life and I had to start being able to say again, oh, Amy, I can see why you did that. I see why you shut down that part of your life and that part of your world. That makes sense to me. And the minute I did that, and started to talk to myself differently, things started to change. And they started to change for the better. My mind and my heart felt lighter. I started to be flooded with ideas and podcast themes and things that I want to do, just like I was years ago when I started this. Because it's four years ago this month in January that I started podcasting. And I started podcasting for the reason, the whole reason, Wow, I didn't connect that until just right now. The reason and the mission statement of Worth Recovery is to get rid of the shame, right? Is to bring a voice and a woman's voice to sex addiction recovery, but also to dispel the shame of sex addiction recovery and to dispel the shame that women feel around sexuality in general. And so, of course, of course, right? (laughs) wow, of course I couldn't start doing that again until I could dispel some of my own shame. And what seemed impossible just a few weeks ago 
in December, somehow coming back, coming back to podcasting and reigniting worth recovery seemed impossible. But also when I started changing the way I talked to myself, it felt necessary. (laughs) Oh, I love being emotional. It seemed necessary. It seemed like that calling again that it felt like when I first start and it first started and it seemed, and it seemed more important than anything else. So here I am again, hoping you'll still be interested in what I have to share, hoping you'll be able to forgive me and have some compassion for me and most importantly, have some self-compassion for yourself. And learn to really love yourself through the process. Whatever your process is right now. And it might be beginning recovery. It might be leveling up recovery. I don't know what your process is. But I hope that today you can think about loving yourself through that process. Instead of shaming yourself through that process. And I hope that you can gain enough insight to be able to say, Oh, I see why I did that. Of course you made that choice. Let's learn from it so that we don't have to do it again. And I feel like I could end that session, this podcast episode right there. If that's the only message that you ever get from me, it's to love yourself through the process. That's enough. And if you feel like that's what you need today, go ahead and turn it off now. However, in case it helps you, I'd like to share a little bit of insight as to why this got shut down for me for a little while. Both are old issues in my life, old patterns that somehow resurface in new ways sometimes. I'm sure that that happens to you. I hope that that happens to you. It's not just me. So, but I'd like to just share these two issues that have kind of come up for me um, that caused me to kind of shut this area of my life down. First, I am 100% an overscheduler. That's just a softer way of saying that I'm like a workaholic, (laughs) that I'm addicted to work a little bit. I work too much. I have always known that about myself, um, but I can't, and and I can typically pull it off. That's the problem for me and workaholism is that I can typically pull it off. I'll overcommit. I'll stop sleeping or doing anything but work for a few days. I'll catch up and then I'll swear I won't do it to myself again. Hilarious that I think that I can actually do that or keep that promise to myself because I can't, but I try. So I overschedule myself. In December, I listed everything I have in my mind committed to do and how much time I think it would take me to do that. And again, these are things that I feel like I have committed to or I perceive that I have committed to. And I wrote down how much time it would take me to do all of those to my perfectionistic level. That's another problem I'm working on. I know my perfectionistic level. So school, um, If you haven't listened for a while, or if I haven't been really clear about this, I started school a couple years ago uh, to become a a therapist, a mental health counselor, and I have several classes that I have to take. I only have one more semester left. I start my last semester on Monday, and I can't wait. So I have school, and it's assignments and things to do, and then I have work. Um, I'm working now as a therapist. And I have a caseload. I have 20-ish clients that I work with every week. And I have therapy groups. And then I have notes to take and staff meeting and different things like that. 
Um, I am working on One Layer Deeper. That's another organization or another company that I work with with my dear friend Jackie. And we're in the process of writing a book and working on things there. So that takes up time. And then I have Worth Recovery. I should be podcasting. I should be coaching. I actually went to a coaching school this last year and gained a certification in coaching, a different certification. I had a previous one, but a different one that I'm really excited about. And then I have the Worth Circle that I started and social media posting and all of those types of things. I also have just a couple math tutoring clients that I work with. And then I teach piano lessons to a few of my nieces and nephews. So I kind of listed everything out. I was way more specific than that. And then I listed the number of hours that it would take to accomplish all those things. Yeah, 71. 71 hours. That's how much I think. And I think that my estimate's a little bit low, actually. 71 hours. So that's more than 10 hours a day for a week. And that doesn't include things like eating, showering, <laughs> cleaning my house, exercising, shopping, commuting, friends. Like it doesn't include any of that, right? It doesn't include any of that kind of work. That's just 10 hours a day of just work if I did that. And what that exercise taught me is that that's impossible. It's just impossible. I can't operate at that level all the time. So I started working on this in therapy. And so now I can say, okay, so I can understand why something in my schedule had to give. Something had to fall away in order to eat and just to stay sane, to shower, to even just clean up my house, to drive to work. Some big area of my life had to give in order to do that. And that is what happened. That's one of the issues that came up for me. So if I were my own coaching client, I would say to myself, well, why worth recovery? You had all of these things going on in your life. Why did you choose worth recovery to be the thing that fell away? So that brings me to the second old pattern of my life. And this pattern is one of silencing myself. What I learned on, early on in my life is that I need to play small in order to stay safe. I need to not have an opinion. Don't be noticed. Um, don't want anything. Don't even need anything. If you can, what I learned is that if I could do that, if you could do that, that you would be safe. This is what I learned in my family. And you might ask like safe from what? Cause there wasn't any physical violence in my home growing up. That's true. And, um, and there weren't, you know, really maybe necessarily incredibly difficult traumas going on as I know that there are for so many of you. Um, but for me, it was staying safe as I've dug deeper into this. I learned that it was staying safe from my guilt or shame. There was a lot of conflict in my home and by staying out of the conflict, I didn't have to feel any guilt or shame or any real negative emotions. I could just be the peacemaker, the rescuer. I could come in after the conflict and smooth it all out and smooth it all over. And so I just learned to play small so I wouldn't be a target. I wouldn't be part of the conflict. Now, people who know me would probably disagree with that because being small in my family led me to overcompensate in other areas of my life where I was bigger and opinionated. And this is something I've been aware of. This is something that I've been working on, in fact, is to try to be more consistent across all areas of my life 
to not play small in some areas and overcompensate in others. But this year, I had three events that kicked this up for me in a really different way, and I really spent nearly the entire year of 2020 being small and staying out of the line of fire. Basically, I silenced myself. It started as, as far as I can trace back, and I'm providing this context just so that if it's helpful, I'm hopeful that it's helpful for you. It started with a negative comment I got on my podcast, on a podcast episode um, early in 2020. I've only ever had two negative comments on my entire podcast, but this one um, just really hit really close to home and it planted this seed. I realized last January with that comment that I had been putting myself in the line of fire and I, as I look at my life over 2020, I can see that I started to withdraw in, in January. Then early last summer, my cousin found my podcast and called me. This is my only relative that knows about anything. Um, and we had a conversation about it, but I realized again that I was in the line of fire. It was actually all good and it turned out to be a good thing, but it was just another revelation to me that I'm, I'm in, I'm in the middle of the conflict. I could be really easily in the middle of the conflict. Then I had in a family event, I had several little ones in the beginning of the year, but I had a really significant one um, in August and it proved to me that I cannot show up in my family with any sort of need or want. I just can't do it. When I do, I get called things like, I get labeled, I guess, things like selfish and inconsiderate and I'm not accommodating, etc. And I get ostracized, I get ignored, I get um, isolated, I get neglected. I really can't even show up in my family with an opinion. Um, even if they ask me for it and I give it to them, I get the same response. I get ignored and it feels a little bit like I get disowned from my family. Um, my family and I very much have this dynamic where I'm the rescuer and I'm the peacemaker. And when I show up with any kind of opinion or idea outside of what they want or feel like they want or need from me, um, it's a really difficult thing for, for me. I feel like I get, um, yeah, kicked out, disowned, however you want to say that from my siblings. 2020 was a doozy for me in that area because I'm just not willing to really do that anymore. I, I really need to be consistent and I really need relationships where there are, where it's mutual, right? Where I just don't have to show up and do what they want all of the time and that I can have needs and wants. And so I silenced myself to stay out of the firing line. So I can now say to myself, oh, Amy, it makes sense why you would do that. It makes sense that you made the choices that you did, that podcasting was the first thing to leave. Not only were you overscheduled, but you realized that podcasting or working um, on worth recovery put you in the firing line. I still have to be accountable for the choices that I've made and be responsible for my impact. And I'm willing to do that. And I'm sorry for the impact that this may have had on you. My mess kind of came out sideways and I didn't do a great job with it. And I'm very sorry for that. And 
I'm going to start again. So here I am starting again because it's important to me and because this is the journey of recovery where we pick up and we start again. This really is the journey of life where we fall and we make mistakes and we mess up and our messes, our internal messes come out sideways on all sorts of people in our lives and all sorts of things going around. And we have years of false starts and we also have years of overscheduling and overcommitting and underdelivering, and that is the story of life. And the best thing that we can do is love ourselves through that process and pick up and start again. So here I am starting again. My commitment to you, which I feel like I can absolutely make in fidelity, is to look for new new episodes every Wednesday, starting today. And next week, and next week, and the week after that, and the week after that. It's going to be a slow start as I reignite worth recovery, but it's going to be a start that I can maintain. And it's going to be a start that's going to move me and hopefully all of you forward in the direction that you want to go. So please today, please remember that no matter where you are, no matter how far you think you've gone, No matter if you've silenced yourself or if your mess has come out sideways, you are worth recovery. 100% worth it. If you don't believe that, you can lean on my belief until you get there. Okay, my friends, I think about you, I pray for you, and I love you. Until next time, Amy. stuff. The mission of Worth Recovery is to dispel shame and build hope in the lives of women struggling with and recovering from sex addiction. I am not associated with any 12-step group, religious organization, or therapeutic clinic. I am an addict sharing my own experiences and recovery.